0: no dad of mine is going to have a belly like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I'm going to ask you to write this down. For what I'm about to tell you is trustworthy and true. Something is in the water in Patmos. Don't take my word for it. Tim is here to tell us everything's going to be okay after we take a trip down Revelation Road. Trust me, you do not want to be left behind. The lake of fire is a little tough on the skin, so now that she's slipped the author 20 bucks to get her name etched into the book of life, let's welcome in our esteemed co-host, Marin. Good day.
2: And a good day to you, too. We're missing
1: Barry. It's kind of weird not doing that. It is
2: super weird without Barry.
1: Yeah. Tim, welcome. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Taking
2: a trip down Revelation <laughs> Road. Yeah, don't, Road. Don't wow. get left
1: behind, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we've got a special guest today, Lauren. Intern Lauren.
3: Hello. Yay! Welcome.
1: Thank you for that. Yeah. I yeah.
2: feel welcome. Yeah,
1: we're excited that you're here on your last day of the internship.
2: Did you text your mom and let her know that you're live streaming right now? I did not. Should you I should. do that? You'd yep. okay. on
1: Facebook. Do you have your phone in here? Oh yeah, you know That's she'll be all the rules, over that. But. <laughs> Uh, Barry, we miss do you. It. If you're listening, you're on a beach somewhere in Florida, but we're going to, we're going to do all right. Um, it was a very
2: nice sunset picture that you posted the other day. Thank you for oh, I
1: didn't see taking
2: it. us with you on this trip.
1: Sounds like it's been a great trip though. We, uh, we got to talk with him and Olivia last night and, uh, sounds like they're having a great time and, uh, lots of beach, beach time, lots of chill time, lots of, uh, just being together. They don't get back till the
0: end of the week. So nice. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, they had really bad red tide. Oh, I've Sanabella. heard about this. Yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> I didn't know what they were going to get any time on the beach. Yeah,
1: mm. red tide. I don't even know how that works. How does that? Do you okay, know what well, that is? Yeah, I know
0: exactly what it is. It's when the 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 water system inside of the state washes tons of fertilizer into the system into the rivers that flow out to the ocean. And the fertilizer feeds the algae and it just blows up and it suffocates all the water life. And so like all the fish die and all yeah. kinds of stuff washes. It's awful. And it gets in the atmosphere and burns your eyes. It's hard to breathe. Is it and-
1: something that humans are doing?
0: Oh, yeah. They could fix it.
2: Oh, they could mm-hmm. fix good. It, yeah.
0: Well, it's good to know that we're not trying.
2: But maybe they fixed it just in time for Barry and Olivia's beach I vacation. I heard
1: that there's like thousands and thousands of just smelly dead fish all over the right. shores.
0: I heard uh, somebody that knows a lot about it saying that they went from something like 20 dead fish per 10 feet of shore yeah. line to, uh, at the beginning to now it was down to none wow. right before they got there. But yeah, I, wow. it was awful. That sounds terrible. But Barry and Olivia, I'm sure you're having a great time. man. <laughs> sounds-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spent the whole time cleaning the beach. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Marin, how are you? What's new? What's going on?
2: Uh, I'm good. I'm yep. gearing up for busy week, busy week ahead.
1: Yeah, but what do you got coming?
2: I'm at one forty six this weekend. Okay. That's, that's going on. And then just still kind of trying to find a rhythm with school and kids. School started. I should have mentioned last time. Um, I know I had talked about how we had moved to a new junior high district and yep. there was a possibility that Desi might have to switch schools, but thanks be to God. Um actually someone from Grace Church Fishers stepped up and offered to give Desi rides home from school on the days that I couldn't. Uh-huh.
1: So, so she got to stay in the school she wanted to she stay in. she got to stay
2: uh-huh. in the school she wanted to stay in. But um, I picked her up on Friday, which is my normal day off, and about maybe five minutes into the car ride, uh Desi She wants to said, go to a new school. No, oh. she said, I really miss when Deanne picks me up.
1: Oh, because she's, she's moved like, on from you.
2: She's really sweet. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that kind of became like, the, the, car, the joke of the
2: weekend. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah.
1: Yeah. Your kids are kind of tough on you. I've noticed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was one time you told me about Jaden and his off, offhand comments at the gym. Yes. Not a good time.
2: No, no. When he first noticed I had a double chin.
1: The first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Mom, uh, <laughs> I know
0: you're working out and I'm sure it feels good, but uh, don't
2: oh. see many
1: results. No, oh, okay. Switch I'll,
2: from cardio I'll machines I'll to weight forget- machines.
0: <laughs> One time when my daughter was, I think she was in high school, <laughs> I was sitting in a chair in our. Den, watching tv with just like a pair of shorts on and she walked by and she said no dad of mine is going to have a belly like that <laughs> oh man now she swears she didn't say it can't be in the comfort of my own home but i i never would have dreamed that oh, or made man. it up oh let's just say it has it has been my motivating family and she's like what so she's now how old is she she 37 38 and so it's been 18 years and it's just been one ongoing. That on was the day you belly. bought a bicycle. No, <laughs> no. I, I, as, as a matter of fact, I probably would have been willing to compare said belly to anybody else my yeah. age's belly, but apparently I was just slouched oh. in the wrong way and she just caught me at the wrong moment. No father of mine is going to have, have, a, have belly a belly like, like that. that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sheesh.
0: Don't Classic. touch me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, So you're, you were on North in North Indy this past weekend, one forty six. So you're back on the regular, I mean, you are home. You've been on the last three weekends. You're home from Ukraine. You're
2: yeah. I was home from Ukraine. I was on for two weekends. I had one weekend to go see my mom and now I'm just on, on, on. Okay. Here Mm -hmm. we go. Let's do this.
1: And uh, has Mary Poppins ramped up at all yet?
2: No, I think we do our first uh, sing through talk through this upcoming Sunday. So that's going to just add another layer.
1: Wow. Right.
0: When is Mary Poppins?
1: Mary Poppins is going to be the last few days of October and the first few days of November. Okay. Yeah. They're doing a whole, like, they're splitting the weeks and they're doing two sets of shows. So it'll be great. I have I have no doubt it'll be great. I I don't know anything about... I, I don't know anything about Mary Poppins, I've realized.
2: Like not even the movie?
1: No. Really? I mean, I know she's a nanny and she can fly. Okay. I, I've seen it a long, long time ago, but I just don't remember and we were going through the whole like how are we going to promote mary poppins and what kind of design things do we need to create mm-hmm. and put around grace church and i'm like what happens in the like what happens i don't know you the story. were there
2: for auditions yes but you did not audition
1: no i did not
2: i was very unhappy with you for that
1: i was in les mis <laughs> a few years ago and i I got
0: my fix i don't need it anymore
2: <laughs> i was on the wall i was on the barricade and the person, the person who can tell in. us the most I, about I, mary poppins I, is lauren I, what i
0: want to know is everybody gonna try to pretend to have an English accent. Oh, please, no. Uh,
2: Not my character. You You have to. No. Oh,
0: yeah. I was
3: just in Mary Poppins at Taylor, and we all had to speak in a British accent. You have to create the world.
0: Whoa, man, you know, my wife and I saw Oklahoma (laughs) in Cheltenham, England one time, and everybody had a fake American accent, (laughs) and it was really awful. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone
3: who was actually British came to our show because
2: they probably would have pounded us. Oh, my my gosh. Well, I mean, a little field research. Wouldn't hurt.
0: Well, uh, my- I know, but I can't tell you how many people, long time ago in pubs in England, would turn to me out of nowhere when hearing I was an American and go, We hate Dick Van Dyke for what he did in Mary Poppins <laughs> <laughs> pretending to be. Oh, my- oh, oh sorry. I, I'm sorry I casted that show. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, the movie, Mary Poppins, is a lot different than the musical. The musical's based on the books. Yes. And the, oh, there's books? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. The author of the books hated the movie. She, If you've ever seen the movie Saving Mr. Banks, it's a Disney movie.
1: Oh, yeah, Tom and Hanks.
3: He, yeah, he plays Disney, and it goes right? through the story of the, the author of Mary Poppins and how she didn't want to give Disney the right to the movie because nope. they were going to make it Mary Poppins just this flouty, bouncy character. They didn't want any animation. She she hated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the musical takes some of the stuff from the movie that everyone knows, like the songs that are really familiar, but it goes back more to the storyline of the mm-hmm. books, kind of to redeem themselves almost. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So you got a
1: sing-through coming up. Yes. And I saw you yesterday And you're having a little bit of back trouble again. I am indeed. Can you explain what's going on? Well,
2: let me explain. On Friday, my day off, both kids in school, I wake Mm -hmm. up and the world is my oyster. What can I do? What would I want to do? What is the best way to spend alone time on a day completely free of work?
1: That's what I want to know.
2: Laundry. Laundry is the best way to spend that time. That's what you decided, huh? That's what I decided. So I was uh, you reaching might, you in might, you might deserve the to my hand. washing machine to get wet laundry out. And I felt like the karate chop lightning bolt across my lower back. And there it went mm. just reaching for, for laundry.
0: Yeah. That's not unusual.
2: Karate chop lightning bolt.
1: So before yeah. we, before we started recording, Tim said
0: he can tell you what's wrong. Well, I just, need <laughs> to, if the, if the, I can tell if, Wherever the pain is, we can decide whether it's- Well, the pain
2: has like switched. So on the very first day, it was like, mm, almost like a cool pain across my entire lower back. And the last time this happened, I like took a nap, like laid flat on my back. And that probably was the worst thing I could have done because then I couldn't stand up like after that. And it took days- like mm-hmm. that was bad. So this time I decided motion is lotion. I'm going to keep moving. I don't like that. I don't like that motion saying. is lotion. <laughs> I don't like it. the motion of you. the ocean. Yeah. So, I don't like lotion though. <laughs> uh, I'm if you're ashy, you appreciate <laughs> lotions benefits <laughs> okay. like I do. I can't speak to that. um So yeah, I decided to keep moving and I just put ice on it and took uh, like Advil Tylenol um, and just kind of kept moving throughout the day, which I think was helpful. Right, um, because there was no point at which I was completely immobile. Not like last time. Um, but yeah. it's
0: but it's a muscular thing. in I your I think load.
2: it's muscular and it it's doesn't, not disc.
0: It does, yeah, because that's the main thing. Yeah. It doesn't hurt in your hips right
2: now. It does right now. So the, that's what, the pain has kind of morphed over the weekend. I'm glad that you know. We can, of course, I hurt my back on like the mm-hmm. weekend where you have to set up a stage. You know, lots of lifting involved when you're on a North Indy. So that was kind of a bummer. But right now the pain is kind of located more in my right hip. And it just is like a pinching burning.
0: That's yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. God I know, I know, is the lightning Tim,
1: how yeah. do you know about this this kind of thing?
0: Because Were you a chiropractor in your former life? No, because I had two really horrible uh, ruptured discs oh. in my life, and I've had surgery twice. My my, really? my yeah, my daughter Elizabeth had it. You, I can tell by the way people describe how the pain is mm-hmm. and where it is, whether it's something that's must if it's muscular that's good news because it'll it'll yeah but if it's in other places yeah you need to see somebody who can actually do something
2: right so i have an inversion table because man maybe six years ago or so volunteering at a food pantry in chicago i went to lift a box that i thought was produce like lettuce heads but it was frozen meat Mm -hmm. and I, i felt and like audibly heard pop 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 and, like, Ouch. I had three herniated discs in my lower. Whoa, so
0: you know all about this.
2: Yeah, it's- so, and physical therapy got me over that, um, back to the point where I felt like good is new. But ever since then, I have recurring issues that happen for the silliest of reasons, like right. getting wet laundry out of the washing machine.
0: Right, you're really <laughs> wise to, stay, to get a lot of ibuprofen in your system and keep it in your system. Mm-hmm. Like take... Listen to me, be a doctor here. But yeah, here we go. I, I am Dr. not Ayers. a doctor, but my father was a doctor, so I uh, inherited a lot of his genetic brilliance. So that's, that's <laughs> not, yes, and uh, and my knowledge is like yeah, it's just, so impressive. Wanna, we'll, we'll talk about it offline, okay? okay. I, I care about. It. I mean, I really care about it. But ask ask somebody like you know, Mel's husband had this thing, yeah. and everybody was just all over it. And I just said, I know what that is. That's a this. This, mm-hmm. this, and everybody was like, nah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he went to the doctor. Turns out. And I was dead on.
1: All right. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So, we'll, we'll pray for you back. Yes, please. Um, This is an ongoing thing. This happened a couple months ago, right?
2: Right. And so, even just, like we just talked about the musical Mary Poppins. Yeah. The thought of singing and dancing in the musical, I'm Painful. super nervous right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. Like, I think I'll be better by then. But it's just the notion of like, man, one false move. And sure. And I can't. I can't get up.
1: <laughs> and what character are you playing?
2: What character? One my- am <laughs> I? Mrs. Corey. Yes. Mrs. Corey? Mrs. Corey. Corey. I don't have an English accent. Okay. But I have some sort of like exotic accent. Nobody s- wants to see semi- hobbling Caribbean Mrs. Corey. Yeah. Semi- it was done
3: like Caribbean. So it just like... Exotic from England. Yeah, that's what her character is. She's just not British. <laughs> I really
2: need like a field study. I need you to send me to the London London, London Church uh-huh. Plant, so I can really just soak so in this character.
1: Do a little investigative.
2: Yeah, and the Caribbean. It, you'd really have to send me to both places. Okay, so I'll do it. Really, that sounds, that sounds necessary. Inhabit this character.
1: Okay. Well, guys, did you know? Between Sundays is on a list.
2: I did know It's this. on a list
1: of in best things in indie. Okay, I don't know how we got there. That's what I
2: was going to ask you. We still don't know how. I don't how. know how we got
1: there.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> Jennifer Ayers is here, and she's just pointing at microphones. She's coaching me. Yeah. yeah. So Podcast
3: first time. I, I don't know how we got
1: there, but somebody sent me a link saying we can vote on this this thing and there's like Indies best restaurants, best bands, best music venues, best entertainment or best days out or whatever. I don't know what all. Is it
2: listener are. nominated? I don't know. I don't. It's I,
3: nominated. I actually just saw it this morning. Was it you? It was not me.
1: Well, she's told me she didn't even listen to the pod. She's she's becoming a friend of the pod, but she's. So I don't know how we got there, but there are. By the time this podcast comes out, or if you're listening on Facebook right now. You can go you can find the link on our, on Grace Church's Facebook page. Uh, There's a link right to the page where you can vote for Between Sundays for best Indianapolis podcast. So here we are. We've
3: made it. (laughs) We're almost there.
0: You made the list.
1: Yeah, we're on the list, but you have to vote Vote. for the best. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: It's
2: the first one on the list.
1: You sound like you're not impressed. No, I'm happy about it. I'm (laughs) happy
0: about it. I just just remember when they used to do that for the best band in Indianapolis. They still do. well, yeah, but they used to vote through the paper and you had to mail in this little ballot uh, thing and you would see the paper. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> but mm. the, like you'd see band vans driving down the street with their front tires off because they'd bought every paper in yeah. the <laughs> city, you know, and they'd just like stuff the yes. ballot. But
2: yeah. Well, they still do. So there's a band category and uh, my friend Jay Thomas, Thomas in the Situation, they've been nominated for Best Local Band. So. Here? here nice. are they on the l- they list on of uh, indie's
1: best bands yes all right i've been voting well hope. have you been voting for between sundays naturally okay good
2: <laughs> and for jay thomas
1: yeah sounds good so yeah you can find that on our uh, facebook page and uh give us a vote you can vote every day through the 15th so by the time this comes out you'll have a day you, you might have two votes left Two votes is better than zero. So let's do it, everybody. Friends of the pod, unite! <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> guys, I was at North Indy yesterday. I was at Grace Church North Indy service directing. This is a real treat because Lauren and Marin were both in North Indy. Tim, you were at 146 preaching. I was. Uh, but Lauren, we, when we bring interns in, we ask them to do what we call a capstone project. Where it's like the thing that this is like the pinnacle of your experiences is what you're gonna show for your experience working under the leadership and wisdom of Marin Gaffron. Yes. And yesterday you had the opportunity to I don't I actually don't I shouldn't be speaking for you because I have no <laughs> idea what you did. But I know that you did something. Can you can yeah. you kind of talk about what your role was yesterday at North Indies campus?
3: Yeah. So my capstone project was essentially to create the worship experience for a service. Mm -hmm. So, um, since I was with Marin, I didn't necessarily have a home campus cam. The other worship intern did his at Fisher's yesterday. Um, And so I followed Marin to North Indy. Um, I was part of the design team meeting. I mean, I do that every week for um, just being in worship arts. But for the music set, I chose the songs. um, I created all the charts and the roadmaps. I led rehearsal on Thursday night. um, And then I showed up on Sunday morning and led the worship.
1: Okay, so what all that means is cuz somebody like me I'm like I don't know what are charts what are what are these things so what
2: yeah every yeah. aspect of what it takes to get music yeah. in a service from start to finish yep. uh all the ableton stuff all the electronic stuff um, yeah. all of it just So she did it all
1: for those listeners out there who doesn't even who don't even know what Ableton is like I don't uh, (laughs) Ableton is this program that we use that supports the band. So it'll keep the band on time. We can Mm -hmm. all hear each other um, Mm -hmm. and it'll play like different. it'll add support. Am I saying the right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: It'll add support to the songs that you're playing. And you created all these things for Mm -hmm. for North Indies band this past weekend. And then. You had a great set because the weekend was about revelation. Tim preached about revelation. And I was sitting there listening to the songs. I was like, all these songs are so more, so much more meaningful now because mm-hmm. it's like about God's glory and how we feel like God is worthy. And after Tim talks about how revelation is for hope and you put I was like, this is so intentional. And I was really appreciative of what you did.
3: Yeah, oh, thanks. And your parents yeah. drove
1: down from Wisconsin? They did. Wow, How was from that? Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, wow. it was awesome. I mean, they they knew they wanted to come at least one weekend, so I told them that this was my capstone weekend that yeah. I was planning and I was leading. So they drove down on Saturday. I actually took them to 146 um, just to see what was going on here, um, showed them around, and then they came to see me on Sunday mm-hmm. morning, and they, they helped ta- tear down Church in
2: a Box. They did. Yeah, because oh, they did. your parents they're just kind of on the verge of beginning this campusing thing with their church, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My parents
3: have been part of my home church. It started in 97, two months after I was born. Um, so they, one, have had the experience of setting up a church in a space that isn't theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, like the YMCA. Like the YMCA, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, this fall, my church is launching our first satellite campus. So, kind of, it was cool that I was here at yeah. this time of campusing and getting to learn about that. Um, and when I go home for this next week, I'll be able to share some of the things that I've experienced and learned about it with my church as they enter yeah. into this new season. So, I'm really excited about that. Cool.
1: So, are you, are you attending college? Are you I am. A, of college age? I am. Okay. I am
3: going to be a senior at Taylor University. Oh, cool. All
1: right. And so how did you hear about Grace Church?
3: Um, Abby Roth, who yes. is your intern. Yeah, Abby
1: Roth, intern. In the communications
3: department. Yep. Uh, daughter of Rev Kev.
1: Yep. Kevin Roth <laughs> yes. over in Fishers. <laughs>
3: yeah, Abby um, has lived on my floor at Taylor for the past three years. We came in as freshmen oh, together.
1: Oh, that all yeah. makes sense.
3: And she's the one who told me about Grace. I was expressing that I wanted a church internship this summer, somewhere I could do music mm-hmm. and theater, and she goes, oh, my church has a great internship program. That you would be so good for like it. just like her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: sounds exactly like Abby.
3: I've I got, it's been three years. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So Abby's the one that told me about Grace and, um, I applied the, the day it came out on Thanksgiving. Grace was my number one choice from the start. Cool. And and I'm here so you are. thankful that I got to be here this summer. So yeah.
1: can you talk a little bit about, um, so I assume you showed up and Marin was like, how about this for a capstone? And can you kind of take me through the process of how you did what you did this past weekend?
3: Yeah, so... I said to Maren, we all have to do a capstone. And she said, (laughs) I said, I don't know. She's like, what's that? What is a capstone? What? what? Well, and I know some some of the other interns had, um, you know, these summer lawn projects that they kind of did where they created a database or had an event that they had to put on. And I was like, I don't really know what that looks like in the worship area. Um, So Maren said, usually for a capstone, we just have the interns take the service Mm -hmm. and um, head it up themselves. So I said, "Okay, that sounds good. Um, they gave us the last weekend, which was good because I felt like I needed that much time to, (laughs) you know, feel prepared and comfortable in this environment. Um, so about two weeks before is when I started thinking of the songs. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember in design team, we talked about how, um, the revelation, the worship after revelation wanted to be big and grand and victorious. Mm -hmm. And so those were kind of the themes that I had going in my mind. Mm Um, so I pulled the songs. Um, I knew I had Marin and Ephraim on my team, so I wanted them to lead too.: Bringing um, in some
1: ringers.
2: Yeah. it was it was so fun. Yeah. It was a great weekend. It was a great practice too. Just everything yeah. about it. Everything about it was just awesome.
1: Okay. great. so i want I want to give listeners a little peek into uh, behind the curtain here. So okay. we showed up in the morning. We unpacked church, oh no. right?
2: <laughs> right?
1: we don't need to get specific, but we unpacked church, <laughs> and we're ready to do. We have to do a run through every every week. We have to do a run through, and I'm sitting there, and I'm holding papers, I, looking like I need to do something. But really, when you're <laughs> service director North India, it's just like be there, right? There's, I mean, you you kind of got to know what's happening. Make sure happening.
2: nothing explodes. Yeah,
1: I guess. But even if it does, <laughs> no, more it's than like. That. We're gonna have to. You're,
2: you're, you're kind of like a troubleshooter too. Like mm-hmm. it's something. Yeah. You know, you just kind of help us communicate yeah. between us and production, and just make yeah, it yeah, so yeah. that it's pretty seamless.
1: Yeah. So I'm sitting there holding papers, and 8:30 uh, is the time we need to start doing. We need to start like going through the order of the service and run running through everything. And this is Lauren's first time leading uh, uh, an entire service and leading the band and that kind of stuff. Well, there were some significant technical difficulties (laughs) that prohibited us from even turning the sound on for a good hour.
3: Mm -hmm. And
1: we were just like, Maren and Ephraim were just like sitting on stage with their lap. (laughs) We had like surrounded by four laptops trying to figure out what's happening. I could see the stress level and like blood pressure and Lauren rising but minute by minute. I've been in your situation where I'm like, I, I, this is my first time doing this thing and I was prepared. This is different. This is out of my control Mm -hmm. and, uh, freaking out. That, that
2: was the most frustrating part that she really had done all that she could. And I just wanted it to be the best it could be. Yeah for her. And so to have all these problems that were totally outside of her control. Yeah. I'm just watching her face like, "Man, is she calm and cool and collected when I know she is freaking out right now." <laughs>
1: so, so we ended up doing the run through probably like 9:20 and doors are supposed to open oh, yeah. at 9:30. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I I I was talking about this with uh Jeff Unruh, pastor of worship, and he was like, "Oh, I couldn't tell at all that you guys Praise the Lord. And so that just goes to show, Lauren, how great yeah. of an experience you created for everybody. And also it goes to show how much God has control of these things. Because yeah. I'm sitting there as service director and I'm like, hey, should we just cancel church? Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? Uh, but it was, it was a great experience. And church is one of those things that I, I've learned that like you... I mean, one day we didn't have power, so we really did just cancel church at North Indy. Uh, one day, well, yeah. So I was just super pleased to be a part of the experience with you guys. Um, and it shows like churches, you have to be flexible when mm-hmm. you're leading worship and you're up on stage and that kind of stuff. And But can you talk to me a little bit about, I mean, were you freaking out or oh, were oh, yeah. you? Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, yeah. In my mind, things were racing. I was trying as hard as I could to just, you know, breathe through it. Yeah. And I knew that whatever happened, like the service would go on, whether that meant we had to um, like cut some technical things yeah. or whatever was going to happen. I knew that I was there. The band was there. We were going to go forward yeah. and God was going to move no matter what happened. But yeah, I mean, it was a it was a realistic experience of things that can happen yep. and how, how as a leader, do I react in that? how as a person, do I react to that? And yep. just to be surrounded by people who were encouraging me and helping me mm-hmm. calm down and just, yeah, that was a really, it was a great experience, even with all of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was, I, I looking back on that, I was, I was just really happy to to have witnessed you know, an intern going through their capstone, freaking out, getting because we surrounded you, prayed for you. Like, yeah. I just really appreciated the community of Grace Church coming mm-hmm. together in that moment. And yeah. then, like, people don't even notice. People have yeah. no idea that everybody's freaking out 30 seconds before you walk in the door. You know, it, it was just really interesting and cool for me. So,
2: yeah. For me, when, when Lauren first arrived as an intern, one of the things that she sh- that she said Pretty early on in one of our meetings is that she wished we had more songs um, just churchwide and and even in the way that modern songs are are being written. She wished we had more songs that just pointed to the glory of God and Mm. exalted him for who he is and just his character and not not that they're bad to have songs about what he can do for us. Like it's, it's good to sing those songs too. But she said specifically, she wished we had more songs that just exalted his lordship. And so then I look at the songs that she picked and it's what a beautiful name. You have no rival. You have no equal worthy, worthy. Holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Um, How great is our God, the splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. And Jesus, you were, you are, and you always will be. And that, to me, just captures her heart and who she is. And that's why I was so blessed that, I mean... Through whatever series of events, she got to work alongside me all summer. And I got to really just admire the kind of leader that you are and be so excited about what God's gonna do in this next school year for you. And then even beyond that, like Aww, oh, just love her. I just love her. I love you. Point two. I love her. Then she finished her day. People don't even know. She led worship at Fisher's merge. Oh, you did. <laughs> and Jaden was her drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sorry, cool. it was fun. All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I have yeah. to ask. Instrument? Acoustic. Acoustic guitar, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
3: And voice. Technically, I'm a voice major at school, but I usually lead from acoustic. I've let off guitar a lot this summer, which was a stretch. It was uh-huh. kind of scary, but it was fun. <laughs> it was it was good to branch out and try something new.
0: I mean, to. Did- to lead without an instrument, you mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, just just singing with a microphone. Yeah, and I was like, what do I do with it's my the hands? Most thing.
2: I've
0: always wanted that moment in life when I could stand in front of the mic and put my arms <laughs> out to the side. <laughs> but, yes, back and that's, I've always wanted that moment, it's never come. It's not yes. too late. Well, you say that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there's no way that'll ever happen with Tim. So.
1: It's it is a weird thing. Oh yeah, I used to. Well, I used to not be able to play guitar, but I would still sing. And once I started playing guitar, moving it and getting it out of the way and then just starting to try it and sing, you're like,
2: oh, I feel Uh, weird and insecure uh, now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. security blanket. Yeah. 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 It's like, what do you do with your hands?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, thank you, Lauren. Thanks for um, providing such a great environment and setting us up to experience the glory of God during a sermon, really, that like, every i a lot of people i know are are like even if you're whether you're a christian or not you have questions about the end times and revelation mm-hmm. and armageddon and all that stuff and so <laughs> it was a really like interesting
2: oh my gosh yeah so another moment i just have to brag on her because this is my last chance and i love her that much but we're in rehearsal and we're practicing worthy worthy and there's not worthy worthy um the first one oh, what a beautiful what name. a beautiful name and there's an extended interlude in that song and so i was asking her like with this extended interlude, is there a scripture you want to share or just free worship kind of, how do you want to treat this interlude? And right in that moment, she's like, well, there's a scripture coming to my mind. Couldn't quite remember where it was, but she said a couple of words of what she could remember from that scripture. And so then we all got on our phones and we're, we're looking up what scripture she's referencing and it's revelation seven. Oh. And so she put it right in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. And so the whole time Tim was speaking yesterday, I know that God spoke to Lauren on Mm. Thursday, and dropped that scripture in her heart, which, mm-hmm. again, tells me that my girl hears from the Lord. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Seriously. And I
2: was so excited to get to that point. And when we did get to that point, there was a roar in the, in the North yes. Indy room. Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody was cl- cl- cheering and clapping. And, yeah, that really pumped everybody because up. Because
2: the word is alive. Even if it is apocalyptic, the word is alive. <laughs> Yeah. And that God still speaks to his people mm-hmm. and that yeah. people like Lauren,
3: don't mm-hmm. blush,
2: just can hear him and are open to what the spirit is saying.
3: Baren,
1: I'm worried about you when she leaves. I'm you worried be about okay? me.
2: I'm so worried about You're me. You're going to be all right? Um, she's going to come back a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's stick into the, to the sermon because I know I, for one, have always had a ton of questions about Revelation, but Tim, you... you you preached in 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 a series where we're like world behind, world of, and world in front of the text. It was a, it right. was a service about Revelation that really I've never even thought about. I've never thought of hope when I'm thinking about Revelation. I and mean, you kind of put, you kind of twisted it and said that this this was written to give people hope. And um, yeah, and you actually retranslated the entire book. Well, I did when I taught the class. Okay,
0: I did for the class. I didn't do it. Because it needed a, a new translation. I did it so that I'd have a sense of the language, mm-hmm. um, the original language. And that was, I thought it was really helpful um, for me as I went through it in that class. But yeah, all apocal- apocalyptic literature is about hope. And yeah, so, which
1: was a way I've never even thought to, to see it. Lauren's got to go. Yes, i
3: Goodbye. Okay. Thank you, so much thank, Lauren. For having thanks me. for being
1: here. We do an official <laughs> uh, goodbye here on Between oh, Sundays. Wow. So I didn't Well, know you can't this. just disappear. You gotta. You gotta say bye. As
3: I'm like slowly, <laughs> yeah. trying to like, get up and not
1: making. <laughs> Lauren, noise. thank you for being here today, <laughs> thank and uh, you. we will look forward to seeing you in the future.
3: Yeah. Thank this. Thanks to Grace for everything this summer. I had an amazing experience. You're um, welcome. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: Thank you, Tyler. <Patrick. laughs> it was all thanks to Tyler.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Thanks, guys, and yeah, have a great right. rest of the podcast. All right, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: Um, okay, so you, it's every apocalyptic literature is about hope. Well, I never thought yeah. about that.
0: Right, it's all about the the rev, the revelation of a mystery that will. Mm. Once we know that mystery, then we will be hopeful for the future mm-hmm. without w- without reference to what is going on in our lives now. There's some reason to be hopeful because there's something bigger outside of us that's, that should bring hope. Would you say you get more questions about revelation than any book? No, I don't. No, um, not than any book. Now people, you know, people are, people are either so uh, already opinionated about it Mm -hmm. or else, they just really don't know what to ask me about it.
2: I love that you said that, that they fell into two camps. Either people who just want to talk about it all the time or people who just don't even want to approach it. Well,
0: that's absolutely true. It is. It is it's really true. And, uh, But most of the time people just say they, they don't... Most of the time people ask me questions that are not really about Revelation. They ask me if I think somebody's the Antichrist.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's another super... Uh, popular point yeah. of discussion who is it
1: so okay growing up um i became a christian right when the left behind series was like the thing in lifeway christian modern bookstores. apocalyptic
2: literature Sure. Is, yes right, yeah.
1: okay so you kind of go through the four different approaches or beliefs right um and the antichrist is prominently featured in this story, this fiction story, but it's based on somebody's interpretation of, of Revelation.
0: Right, though Antichrist is not ever, the word is never used in Revelation. Really? No, it's in John, one of John, it's in First John, I believe, and it's in the plural. Every time it's used in, it's always in the plural. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but it it is not a part, people have assumed that the beast or something, mm-hmm. I mean, in the futurist view, they make an assumption about who, this Antichrist being a a it like it's it's articulated and it never is any place in the text. So.
1: Okay, can you can you remind us
0: of what the four different approaches sure. or beliefs are? There's preterist, which is the belief, and these are really um, simplistic. Okay, yeah. The, the preterists believe that all of the prophecies were fulfilled at the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy A.D. Okay. The historicists believe that. The prophecies were fulfilled when the when Christianity became the the religion of the Roman Empire, or it was fulfilled when Luther came and was uh, with the Reformation and overthrew, if you will, the total control of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Then idealists believe that, and and this is a real. It's far more complicated than just to say that it's a story that tells us we should be that we should have find hope in God that he's going to win. It's actually, they believe that it's seven stories retold in different ways all through they have It's, it's, it's more complicated than just to say it's one big long story. But the idea is that there, this is simply an apocalyptic story that is telling people that God is going to win and you need to just hang on. There's no connection to prophecy. There's no connection to historical events, though the, the imagery in the stories will go directly at the Roman Empire. Yeah, but but otherwise it's simply a story. And then the futurists who believe it's all to come. Hmm. And the futurist view, and I said it was the most recent, and mm-hmm. it is. Uh, uh, I think it's Charles Nelson Darby in the eighteen thirties. He was a, I believe, a Brethren hyper dispensationalist, and he um, it was the same time as Darwinism was hitting hmm. the hitting the streets and the, his uh, thinking about uh, particularly his dispensationalism is that there is this coming dispensation. And he saw in Revelation a future, uh, future events. He put that system together by taking scriptures from all over the place. It's, there's no linear aspect to his mm-hmm. thinking, but it was mostly to give um, modern Christians, if I can use that word carefully, um Hope that they'll get out of this world because it's going to—it's going in the wrong direction, and so it's the only view that has a rapture like. Oh, really? Like we're talking, yeah. Like we think of when we think of raptures. I remember bumper stickers on cars where, like, cars were wrecking and planes falling out of the sky, and then the little Christians were floating up. Oh my goodness! Yes, like, and and (laughs)
2: it's—that was a huge part of my childhood. People had bumper stickers. early 90s, before the Left Behind series, there yeah. was This Present Darkness. Remember those books? Sure, yeah. Like, that's that's how I grew up.
0: Right, that's how I grew up too. That's, I mean, that's how most evangelicals grow up. And it's just, a, it was a rude awakening to me when I decided to really look into these things. Mm-hmm. And I studied things in, when I was in seminary, I, I was introduced to these, these other ideas. And then, it just surprised me that nobody was ever talking about them. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose if you go to a church that's full bore preterist that they're ever going to talk about the futurists, except sort of like looking down their nose at them. Mm-hmm. Or if you go to a Lutheran church, you're not going to go, well, there happen to be other people who are preterists or futurists, but we believe and they're not going to talk about, it. they're just going to teach it as they believe it. And so I, mean, I can understand why it happens, but but the, the problem with future futurist point, and, and they may be right. right. Okay? But, um is that it divorces us from this world because we have a sense that it's gonna be destroyed. We're all gonna get out, and we don't have any obligation particularly to do anything about what's happening in the world now because mm. we are we're headed to some place where God's gonna take us out and then it's gonna just go terrible anyway. I know that even environment there's an anti environmentalist attitude sure. in, sure, in yeah. the in the in the evangelical because it's all church. Be destroyed anyway. Because it's all gonna be destroyed. And so it's like and if it, if they're wrong, if, futurist, if the futurist position is completely wrong and just made up, and I hate to offend anybody, but it could be. So yeah, so, all, yeah. so they all could They be. all could be. They all could be. But um, if it's just made up and we live our lives in that way, I think that it's a shame. I mean, yeah. it's like we're wasting our time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, it does show us God's heart for restoration, to to eventually restore all things, no matter what viewpoint you take. You know, part of our, I might be jumping ahead, but part of our homework was to read uh, verses one through seven of chapter 22. Right. Um, And it is just all about going back to God's original plan of just him being our source, him being our provision, him being our light um, and the restoration of all things. It shows us his heart for that. Um, This church focuses so much on restoration when we talk about the six broken places, Um, and so regardless of whether you think that revelation has already happened, um, or whether you think it's something that's still going to happen, you can't deny the themes throughout the book of his heart and his desire for restoration. And we play a role in that.
0: Right. And I don't think the first readers would have had any trouble with thinking about that. They, They, they were hopeful for the, the restoration of the, the kingdom of God with the that king being Jesus. Mm-hmm. They had a world order which was oppressing them. The the actual world order at that time was the Romans were not really oppressing the Christians at that time, but that the local officials were oppressing, and people in general in the cities where they lived were oppressing them. And they wanted they wanted to see a system where Jesus was back in control as he had as they had envisioned him when he first created the world so yeah
1: I- so this may be a really silly question um because yesterday or this past weekend was the first time i've heard anything other than the futurist
3: mm. position. really
1: oh yeah yeah like i said i grew up and I became a Christian during a time where everybody's talking about left behind and the books are on the shelves and I'm reading them and that's- I the, wish we'd
2: all been ready. Say yeah, it. that's like <laughs> the last time
1: I ever cared to look at revelation. Okay. So because really I'm like, that sounds terrible. That all that stuff sounds terrible. I and don't- for me
2: as a six, it just scares me to death. Right. Like I can remember being a kid and this kind of stuff would excite my dad. Like he'd just be talking all about the end times and I would just be quivering in my bed. No.
1: I mean, for a guy who likes playing Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the <laughs> Gathering, like that sounds really cool. No. But also if this is really going to happen and I'm going to be alive for it, that's not, that's not going to be fun. It does all not right? sound so, fun. That's the last time I even cared to like explore Revelation until you just brought it up. And so my question is, if you have a preterist view where these things were fulfilled in 70, where are we now? What are we doing now? We're just in the kingdom.
0: This is the kingdom? The kingdom, yeah. Um,
1: I don't feel and like I'm I, getting my money's worth.
0: That's a good question. <laughs> well, there is a there is a space in the heavenlies, I think this is what they believe. I mean, I'm not an expert on all these, but yeah. I think they believe that there is a space where God exists and we exist with Him that we end up in, which is separate from this earth. I don't know whether Preterists believe at all, and I could ask. I mean, probably the one of the top Preterist theologians in the country goes to Grace. Really? Yeah, and. Uh, he, he was ve- actually, I, I don't want to talk, I don't want any people to know who he is because they'll bug him about it, but he's <laughs> actually- Brad Becky. <laughs> he, uh, he stopped me after the service yesterday and said it was the best sermon that he'd heard laying out the positions and he said he was going to, Put it in his f- folder of theological things or something. He just was really complimentary. Well, that's to me. cool.
2: That's not- awesome. Because then another one of my theological heavy hitters goes to the North Indy campus, and so I went straight for him afterwards. As he's helping strike the stage, and I'm like, "What did you think of that?" And he said, "It was fair. It was it was even. You know, really? that, that that one of these views was not held in higher regard. Oh well, yeah, than the well, other
0: views." Here's the reason that i i'm i think i can hold it in the all these ideas in that way is that when i taught the class i did not teach these views i taught it as a first reader class we were all people who lived in that, those cities and i made it make sense to them as those people would have gotten it because none of those people would have gotten that letter at first and gone oh man in 70 ad the that mm. Jerusalem's going to be destroyed or they wouldn't have gone man the church is going to take over the roman empire in about 350 years yeah. nobody would have said anything related to any of the four views the views all come post the events that make people look back mm. and try to figure out, or with the future's view, it's a fear factor of the way the world is going, and so they look forward to something that they haven't yet seen fulfilled. But the uh, apocalyptic literature in and of itself is not supposed to be prophetic in the sense of telling us the future, and the, it's to be explaining to us the heart of God and what his concerns are, and the, that literature would have spoken to them through a form that they would have understood and through language that they would was secret to them because it was also referential to the Old Testament, but it had to say something to them in the moment or it was useless to them. Hmm. And so I didn't teach it trying to figure out which interpretation was right. I taught it as if we're getting it for the first time and trying to live in the first century world that clears me of having to be concerned Mm -hmm. about what it what's the big interpretation you know like i had somebody stop me and say i'd never heard that the seven churches were actually real he said i'd always heard that they were the ages of the church leading Mm -hmm. to the future's position and and like we're living in the days of laodicean church or something and i'm like that you'd never thought they were real like they ha- they're real. They were yeah. real places with real people. Right, right. Like, so they like definitely like would letters, have thought they were real.
2: Paul wrote letters to specific churches, and I've always taken the letters to the churches to be specific churches. The church, oh, at my gosh. Philippi or the church at, I've at got, Ephesus.
0: I've got so many notes on uh, how almost every sent every sentence to the churches is, re- is somehow reflective of what was actually happening on the ground at the time of the writing of the letter it's so connected to the historical uh, realities the those letters are not we spiritualize them and they would have made so much sense to them Hmm. and i've got I think I put in the app that if you wanted my notes for my class, I'd send you... Send I was
1: you. just about to ask, <laughs> uh, why why
0: aren't these published anywhere? Why are, you, you have notes about everything, it seems like. Well, because I'd make... Th- the notes are rough. I teach from them in these classes, and I... I do them for grace. I don't do them to publish them. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to put them into some sort of form, I'd have to go back. I'm thinking that I was, I actually, I said to my wife, uh, I think this morning that I was going to take a day this week and just edit as best I could the first three chapters of my notes so that if anybody does want them, they'll be in full sentences yeah. and they're missing the Greek. And because I had back then when I did revelation, I had a group of volunteers who just took my notes and they would all get a bunch of them and they would type them up and some could put the Greek in and oh, some yeah. couldn't. And some, you know, some, you know, there's all kinds of problems mm. with them. Yeah. So, um, cause I handwrite everything. Now Susie Brown has been, she's been doing this for me for about five or six years and she's got, her notes are really good. Hmm. She does a really amazing job, but, but revelation was, I taught it before she was doing that for me. So
1: it sounds like, um, speaking of Greek, you said that John wrote in
0: terrible Greek. Well, it's in really, yeah, it's, it's simplistic Greek. There are all kinds of ideas about that. Um, one that he's on Pat. See, most people think that Revelation was the last book written. It's I think it's the first book written to be really. Perfectly. Yeah, I think it's er, er, written at the early part of the 60s. I think it's the reason that his gospel and his letters sound the way that it did because in Reve- in Revelation he has a vision of Christ as he is now, and then he his other writings have this high Christology that mm-hmm. he could only have gotten from that moment of seeing Jesus as he is now. And so I think Revelation is the first writing if he's on Patmos and he's writing it, he wouldn't have had a helper because he, an ammun I can never say this word, ammunensis, somebody who's going to take his language and write it properly in Greek for him. That was a job that people had. Yeah. And he may not have had one mm-hmm. or he may have had one. And he said, we got to be really careful about this because if it's worth reading, if it because the styles to start with, I'm sure the reason he chose apocalyptic was because it would have been foreign to, um, Greek-speaking people in Asia, but not to the Jewish members of the congregations of the church. And also, if he writes in high Greek... Then it's going to be something they'll actually follow through on. But if it's terrible, I know a bad book when I get, yeah. you know, I know a bad written book immediately when I get, yeah. and when you, and the problems with it are not only is it, is it simple, but it's like the verbs don't agree. The tenses don't agree at times. And you get these things that people have to fuss out to make them make sense in English. And it just reads, it's just not a well-written book it's probably the worst Greek in the new Testament. And that's okay. That's okay. Especially if it's like planned that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. I think. Yeah. And even if I get to heaven and John says, you know, I was doing my best, but he's sorry for, here. But I, I didn't make that up. Right. And you know, I didn't make it up. I've heard scholars talk about that at length.
1: So why was he on Patmos? Which is an, honor, well, right? we
0: probably, we don't know. He was probably sent there. Um, he was probably sent there. That's the way you get rid of trouble. Send him away. You send. Yeah. Not usually the Romans sent people to the ends, the edges of the empire and dropped them off. In fact, most people, when they were given an opportunity you can either be put to death or be sent to the edges of the empire. They chose death because you get dropped off in Northern Germany or on the far ends of edges, Southern edges of Egypt into a completely different culture where people don't know who you are. You don't know the language. You have no way to function. Yeah. And, and so to, if you want to take a Jewish guy and break up his uh, ability to influence things and he's causing some kind of trouble, then send him to a, to a Greek-speaking island off the coast of Turkey, <laughs> yeah, and and so they sentenced him there for a while. We don't know how long, but we do know that he came off the island because we know that he went to Ephesus. I got, I got, I could go on and on about this, but <laughs> these are answering all my questions I had written down. He, but he, had, he ended up in Ephesus, and his and this this is interesting too. In Ephesus, they found two places that claim to be his graves which is not unusual because they used to the way they used to bury people and they'd let their bodies rot and then they'd take their bones out and put them in little boxes and it wouldn't have been unusual to have to to divide the bones up and put them into other places um the early church fathers all say that he stayed there till he was quite old and he took care of jesus's mother till she died in ephesus also Hmm. also um I, I i don't want to get into all that but but I think that what happened was he first in the early 60s, he has the vision on Patmos and it completely changes everything about how he speaks about things because he's seen the risen Christ as he really is. He sent this letter off to the Ephesians. And his heart, or to the those seven churches. And the primary church of those seven churches in Christendom was Ephesus. It makes perfect sense for him to just get in a boat and go across the water, because sure, he's just yeah. right across the water, from, and to go to Ephesus and to join in where the primary uh, Christian community is, and to be a part of that world after, this would be after the destruction of Jerusalem. Okay.
2: So why would he say to the church in Ephesus, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Like what was going on in Ephesus that he would have that message for them?
0: Well, you've caught me. Um, I got to think a minute. Um, Primarily, I'm almost confident that it's got to do with the way that they took care of one another and they loved one another and just functioned as a church. I can find, I, I bet, I have. I, I would have, should have brought all my notes.
2: I bet it's that. in your notes. Yeah, I
0: know <laughs> it's in my notes. Uh, but um, j- just think though, we're talking about approximately 20 years after the founding of the church or mm-hmm. so. And that's plenty of time to get into a groove that's not really what God would want. Yeah.
2: Because um, a lot of these letters... He's correcting things yes. in the different churches, and he's and, and and actually he's admonishing them in other ways. You do this right, you do this right, but I got this against you. You forgot your first love. Mm-hmm. Recall the heights from which you've fallen. Um, I think there's only two churches in this list of seven that don't, don't get, get any it. marks right. against them.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and and uh, I would I'd say that's pretty typical of of churches. They're functioning. They're functioning as any kind of voluntary (laughs) association thing, you know, you get all the kinds of problems that you get Mm -hmm. everywhere with people who are fallen. And I think the reason that Jesus sends the message is they are under persecution of some sort. Uh, I talked about that in the sermon, but they're under persecution and they need to band together and find unity and get back to what the basics are, because that's the only way they're going to get through what Mm. they're going through. Mm. So if somebody
1: had come to grace church for the first time yesterday or the last weekend, (laughs) um, what, what are they to think? Because when I've had conversations with friends of mine who are not Christians, um, about like the end times and revelation, they ask questions like, if Jesus is who you say is, why has he got a sword in his mouth? And why, like, why are all these terrible things going to happen to so many people? And, Uh, what about the antichrist and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed and battles and all that stuff. If Jesus is what you've been telling me, this doesn't jive with that, but that's the last
0: picture that we're all going to have of him. What do, what, what does, what do I say to people like that? Well, first you say that's a, a scheme that's been created by people. That's not necessarily it's, it is. A form of literature that has those things in it because they mean other things to to their first people to read it.
1: Yeah. And And that that was new to me yesterday. I mean, I I assumed you would say something like that, but. It gave me appreciation for someone like John, who's writing basically in code, like I'm writing a terrible Greek and I'm writing in all this symbolism, but the people that are going to read this. They, exactly know exactly what I'm trying to say.
0: Right, because they've all been reading uh, other apocalyptic writings that have all the same kinds of stuff in them, all like the time. a
2: beast with ten heads.
0: Yeah, they have those. And they're heads. like, yeah. "Oh,
2: the hey, ten heads Yeah. I guarantee you. I guarantee <laughs> you. I saw one of those can,
0: yesterday. <laughs> I, we can go get a bunch of other apocalyptic writings, take a few verses out, drop them in, and you'd never know that they didn't belong there. Mm. It's it's also, I mean, people just don't realize how. How this is just runs right in the right in the groove of of those kinds of writings. So he, you, you said this may be the first thing he wrote. I think it is the first thing. Now some people <laughs> argue with me. I mean, people who are futurists will argue with me about okay. it because they want to. They they. It's the last thing because it's right. like the the canon is closed in their minds, and then we get this because it's telling us what's coming. Okay.
1: So <laughs> do you think he was like I'm going to try my hand at Apocalyptic literature got off Patmos and was like that was way too so trippy, man. I, I I'm just gonna write a gospel. This
2: was my my 13 year old daughter's interpretation of of that what you're talking about. She drew a comic to your sermon that was John writing the book. And holding it up to God saying, look, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And then God, who is represented by a series of dashes, like in the shape of a, like a person's head, but it's just dashes because he's God. He says, eh, just stick it at the end. Ah. <laughs> that was, that was her takeaway. Desi's
1: got some pretty profound uh, comics in church.
2: I love the way she sees things.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah,
2: just stick it at the end. What, did you ask me a question?
1: Well, yeah. What do I say to people that are like, Jesus looks pretty scary.
0: Well, but it, I, I wish I have brought my notes because I could tell you what every single one of those images means. Yeah. They would have known what they were and they aren't, they aren't, they aren't scary because they know this is not, he doesn't really have a sword coming out of his that <laughs> right. Every one of those things have, have meaning as symbols yeah. in this kind of literature. I mean, we, we all have, we have those sorts of things in, in our totally. world too. Yeah. And,
2: and it depends on where you are on like the historical continuum. Sometimes you need God to be a warrior. And if you're living in a place where you're pretty content and everything's going well for you, and you're like, warrior, what's that? But if you're an oppressed person... And you're persecuted. Yeah, Maybe it'll make you feel good to be like, right. yes, For
0: sure.
1: come well, on
2: a war horse, ride like lightning in the sky. Like, yes, right. please.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, a, you know, where we keep singing about coming on the clouds. Have yeah. I talked
2: about this before? No.
0: The clou- that's You know what that means? <laughs> coming on the clouds in the ancient literature... Always means the that an army is coming at you, and you can see the the dust that their horses and chariots are kicking. Oh, uh, okay. Out. It's never about clouds in the sky. It's about hey, when someone's coming in the clouds. It's the cloud of their coming army. Yeah, and so like not a good sign. Yeah yeah Unless but it's a, but it's a better it's the it's Lord's a, army
2: and yeah, you're like come yeah. and rescue
0: me. That's exactly yeah. it. So like Jesus when it says he's coming on the clouds we always think of him sitting in a cloud <laughs> and and he's that's not what it's talking about. I mean he this when he left it's we should talk about the trans what 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 is it the when he went up and what's that called? Transfiguration? No, not the transfiguration. Rapture? The, no, when he oh. left, when he his um ascension, Oh yeah. Ascension. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time, but that that has clouded our thinking about him and right. it's like, so he went up, he has to come down. Right. Right. But him yeah. coming is to save us. Isn't army. there like
2: an Ascension Sunday, like on the church calendar?
0: Yeah. Like, that's the, yeah. There let's is. do it then. Okay. Well, We've got a whole sermon
1: series about the Ascension <laughs> coming up in October. Coming, right? Yeah, I'm Great. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I, what, what are some of the, you said one of the most common questions is about the Antichrist. But what are some other questions people often ask you about either apocalyptic literature or revelation or the end times? Here's one I get. When when September 11th happened that day, I talked to somebody and they were like, tribulation has begun. Right. Yeah. I was like, what? And I was like, book four of left behind. So I was
2: like, seriously? No. They did not reference book four of Left Behind. No, I was in, I was, up.
1: I was like reading the story and they told me the tribulation has Stop. begun September 11th. And so people ask me, when do you, do you think we're in the end? Like, do you think it's happening now? And
2: so you called Kirk Cameron. Yeah. You picked his brain. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, he said, definitely. <laughs> it, so what questions do you get? Well, I get those kinds of questions. I, But you know, every generation has thought something. Yes. I was brought up that Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Who is it today? Let's not. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't
1: want to go there. Justin Timberlake. (laughs) Uh, I like Justin Timberlake. (laughs) So, what else? What else do people ask you?
2: But you're right that every generation. I think that's an important point because I look back to some like the most evil times in history. And how could people not have thought, oh, this is For it, sure. man, this is the end?
0: Well, they didn't start thinking this is the end until the 1830s.
2: Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I, really?
0: No, because nobody had a notion of any of this stuff before then. But um,
2: one of the things I love that you said that I wrote down and I put stars and hearts around it, you said you need to do your thinking about this book. Right. Right. And to a person who, at one point in my adult Christian life, was told to leave my brain at the door and just have faith. (laughs) What? In my early twenties, not early, maybe mid twenties.
3: Off uh, with their heads.
2: (laughs) That was told to me by by the pastor of my then church that I was overthinking things, that I was thinking too much, that essentially I needed to like divorce myself from my brain and go more with my heart or my spirit or something like that, which not everything can be understood. We cannot intellectualize everything in this book. We just can't right now. We see through a glass dimly. However, um, he gives us a sound mind and he gives us a mind to use that mind. And so I like being a part of a church that gives me, um, the green light to think.
0: Oh yeah, we're here's the deal. It doesn't really matter which position you take. In the end, the result is that Christ is on the throne and the God wins, and that we are all going to um, be with Him e- eternally, without the pressures of the evil that um, make life the way that it is now. And I don't honestly, I don't know that we were called by God to have a position on revelation. It's, it's yeah, just that's like a good point. Any, um, any of the, none of the other, but what we try to do is contextualize the other books in the new Testament in particular and get to the core of what those people were, what was going on and what, what was going on in the culture, and what's going on around them politically, and all that kind of stuff. We get all that stuff, and then we try to figure out exactly what the message was to them. This book just happens to be written in a genre that's really difficult to do that with, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it takes way more work. That's why it took me so long to get through the book because every week I had to re-remind everybody that we're not <laughs> we're not living in the 21st century now. Mm-hmm. We're living in the first century and these are the realities and these are the things that are happening that's why this makes sense to us hmm. and the end result is the same that they had hope they wouldn't have never they would have never kept it if it hadn't done something profound in their hearts they would have never copied it it would have never been passed around to other churches and it would have never ended up as part of the canon there's plenty of apocalyptic literature that didn't end up in the canon mm-hmm. because nobody felt that it was actually inspired by the spirit and this one was and they felt that it was the early church leaders felt that it was they hung on to it and and the farther we get away from its initial writing Mm. the harder it is to do the work to bring it into what it was meant to be Mm -hmm. yeah and so um i i mean i'm just a guy but i'm trying my best to get us so that we can I I don't care where people fall on that, and except you know when I went to Trinity, they had two open theological professorship spots because they made them sign a premillennial rapture yeah. th- document about. The, they they said you have to believe this and sign off on it, or we won't hire you. Well, that that to me is like crazy. Mm. Yeah. Because they couldn't get anybody who was a PhD in theology good enough to be at Trinity to sign a document like that. They had to, I think they've backed away from that. Hmm. But, you know, it's been 20 years since I went there. But the point is that the only thing that I can imagine is that people are holding these positions closely because somehow it makes them feel like they've, they're right. They're right. Yeah. And. All I know is that the only thing we can really be right about is that Christ is on the throne. Yeah. And that he's way bigger than any oppressive power that we might live under now. And that we can have hope for eternity because of that. Yeah. And
1: so, Which is good news because uh, Lake of Fire, not, not, I hate lakes. You do. I can't imagine a Lake of Fire. Oh, my, my. Not good. <laughs> you, you hate lakes? I don't like, I don't like. If I can't see below my waist in the water
0: I'm in, I'm not into it. Oh, you just need to go to northern Michigan. Then you see the bottom at 15 feet. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's fine.
1: I I can do that. But the, (laughs) the dark waters, man. I can't imagine a lake of fire. But you said, actually. Well,
2: don't you worry. Don't you worry about that. I'm sorry. Because our homework just told me that the angel showed me a river of the water of life. As clear as crystal. Good. Right. Give me an inner tube Blowing and I'll blow down, down that lazy river. Of God and of the Lamb.
1: All right. I'm yeah. in.
2: Clear as crystal. So just that's for the point. You. God wins. That was just in there for you, Good.
1: man. Good. When you said the the ancient people used to think the sea was utter chaos, Yeah. I was yep. like, I belong. I, 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 can, <laughs> yes. I can hear you. I hear you on that.
0: Yeah, they had no idea what was under the water. Just do I. Anybody who stayed underwater <laughs> long enough to see what was down there didn't usually come back up. <laughs> right,
2: yeah. right. And, and how dark it gets when you go deep and no. all of the unknown.
0: And we still freak out when a huge whale or something we've never seen before washes up on shore. I know. Think mm. about them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man.
1: Oh, Remember when we thought the world was going to end in Y2K? <laughs> yeah. You know, we I thought that was apocalypse.
2: don't think we thought it was the apocalypse. I think we thought that computers were going to like malfunction and our way oh. of life would be over. But I don't think it was like, you know, he's going yeah. to return.
0: I had some, re- at the time, some really hip friends. Like they were like <laughs> way on the, their, their hip meter was pegged and th- they were just like really cool people. But for some reason they went out and bought three years worth of food oh, and put my. it in their attic. It it's just, like, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. You're so cool, but you're just bit on the Y2K yeah. thing. I mean, oh, hook, man. line, and or sink. I it's my... like, come on, <laughs> three years worth of food? How much did that set your back?
1: Yeah. My grandparents still have jugs of water in their basement from Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Oh, man. Tim, you could probably preach. Are you doing this again? Are you teaching on Revelation again in an
0: upcoming class or anything? Because I want to come. I didn't plan on it. Okay. That, I mean... I have to finish Genesis first. Oh, that's right. I mean, on chapter we're, in our 30, fourth, we're in our fourth year the, well, of Genesis. we're finishing our third year. Yeah. yeah we're in our third year. I, yeah. don't, I don't even know how long I've been teaching, but, um, I don't, what I'd really like to do is turn my notes into something that people can use. Cause they go verse, it goes verse by verse. I'd like to sure. turn my notes into something that people can use as a study guide. Cause what I, I am not, I am not a, a brilliant thinker, like front end new stuff. I'm just a really great collator of lots of ideas, yeah. And I'm not afraid of multiple thoughts about the things because I, uh, I think it's always good for us to have as much information as we can, yeah. And and then to make our own decisions.
3: Hmm.
1: Well, thanks for giving us the message. It, like I said, it put this book that I've been scared of or at least intimidated by in a whole new perspective that. Actually, the message is positive. It's not all doom and gloom. So. No,
2: and it's been fun um, digging into it even just today. The amount of cross-referencing possible yeah. on just seven verses of scripture. Mm-hmm. I I geek out over that stuff mm-hmm. when I was seeing uh, all the different references for that tree of life and that its leaves will be for the healing of the nations. And wait, yeah. that's in Ezekiel. Yeah. What? In Genesis. Yeah, so that's a,
0: yeah, you have to, <laughs> if you don't know your Old Testament, then you, the book won't make any sense. Yeah. And think about it. When it makes a reference, you have to not only know where it's from, but you have to know the, what that's talking about. Yes. Yeah. And you can
2: keep going and going and digging and digging. It's awesome. Yep.
1: Great. Well, thanks again. Uh-huh. Let's get to the uh, songs Tyler's never heard of section <laughs> portion of our program. So Tim and Maren, I asked you guys to bring in two songs apiece. We might just get through one. We'll save one maybe later. But... Um, you guys brought brought you brought the you brought the wood this, this time. We brought because the heat. I have never heard of any of this stuff and you guys have outdone yourselves. The first one I just have labeled track six. I don't yeah, even know it's, what this is. It's
0: called Love Got Me. It's by a band with the worst band name. They're called Southern Comfort. <laughs> um they should have never called themselves that because there's actually a Band now called Southern Comfort, and they are terrible. And they, these guys were all like, uh, do you know the band Pacific Gas and Electric, or do you know Nick Gravnites? You were telling me about this when you
1: dropped off the CD. Yeah, they're, and they're a part
0: of all like the Michael Bloomfield, mm. Paul Butterfield thing. They're, they're dudes that were just crazy cool. Yeah. And, it's a horn band. I, you like horns?
2: I, I do, I like do horns. indeed. We will have horns at North, In, not North Indy, at 146 this weekend. Well, That's how much I like okay,
0: horns. Okay, now this is, this is- <laughs> Great promo. Now remember, <laughs> this is all like pre the Chicago thing. This is like, these are guys that are just, they are all soul. Now it's not James Brown, right. but it's soul. And uh, Reverend Ron, Rob Stallings is a singer and I was a fan of his. I And- I got turned on to him when I was about 15. When I think about 15-year-old kids, I can't imagine that they would be listening to this music, but Yeah, but I was. But you were. I was and, and, and then I the second song, I don't know if we'll get to it, but it was a song that I played when I was 16.
1: Oh yeah, and your wife saw you. Yeah, she did. All right, we'll try to get there. Uh once again, I asked, you know, for the songs, and Tim shows up to my office on a Friday with a CD and he says, this is the only one of its kind in the entire world it may be yeah because
0: so. I know yeah Southern Comfort was on Columbia yeah and it's one of those records that they put out like 12 of them and somehow I got one and then they deleted them from their catalog they never wow. ca- they never, never came out no I have again. the I have the album in my office here at the church right. right now kind so of let's a, take a listen
2: kind of apocalyptic
0: And you can hear clicks from the album. You can hear it skipping a little bit.
2: Just loving
1: this Jet, likes, this his, is jet, jet likes a good horn
2: oh my my Jet music
1: Jennifer Ayers is in here she's dancing that's pretty that's pretty great so <laughs> what what about this
0: really really moves you well the way it just everybody's got something to do that's really important they, they have a breakdown at the end. It's just killer.
2: So that's interesting that you say that everybody has something to do that's really important. Because the first couple bars of this song sounded almost reggae to me. Like the keyboard was just yeah. bubbling. Oh, they go
0: into that occasionally. And
2: that's what's cool about reggae, is everybody in a reggae setup has yeah. a job to do. And they were listening to shortwave radio, yep. this kind of thing, which is what created their sound. Yep. See what's happening here. She's talking my language over here. Something's happening.
0: Something's happening. Okay, (laughs) now just bang it up here. Now listen to this. Listen, listen, to horns. It gets way cool.
2: they recorded this? Oh, yeah. Then you just your mind is blown all the way, all but, the way to pieces. Did they stick
1: their smartphones in their tubas or something? What they do?
0: <laughs> now listen to the drummer. It's Can't like, you just?
2: You can sl- just see the oh, room. My mic. gosh! Oh like, yeah, well, they're all in one room. Oh uh, yeah. yeah,
0: and it's like I was the first real band I was in played music like that. That's awesome. And I was just. I was the white boy in the room, and I'm telling you, it was way over my head. I dug it, dug yeah. it, dug it, and it was just such cool that music. Really now, awesome. we didn't I, we didn't play that song. Mm-hmm. We played another song on the there, but it was just, I don't know. I don't know what kind of person I'd be if I hadn't had that as the, yeah, like that's the pretty cool. foundation of my soul.
1: I like that. It, it, it sounds like uh, everything there is based on feeling. <laughs>
0: Wait, yeah, you couldn't really. I couldn't really hear it. But like all through that break thing at the end, there's other guys yelling in the background, doing mm-hmm. these rhythmic yells, and you can just see them. They're playing their instruments and yelling things together. And it's like music needs to be more like that. You like, yeah,
2: yeah. It is in certain places.
1: So let's uh, let's take it down. Take there. Let's take it down a notch and uh, listen to one Marin provided to us. <laughs> okay,
2: wait, no. Before you do that, are you doing which one? Uh, what do okay. you want me to play? The I'm not. I'm not saying it because it has to be a total surprise. Okay. But okay, I was just giving you know the people, people going to hear it. Like three want. seconds. Yeah, right? I know. Right, just so let so me it's set not it much up. Of a
1: surprise. Um, and nobody's ever heard of this before.
2: Absolutely. Which is why we do this yeah, segment so to begin with. Uh, dear listener, um, and especially to those that are with us on Facebook Live, uh, we hear you. And somebody posted. We
1: hear you, one guy. <laughs>
2: we hear you, one guy. Uh, <laughs> Marin could bring in some of her metal music past. That's a direct quote from Facebook Live of last week. They want to know about my metal music past so i brought I brought some of that. This is probably the quintessential metal song of my childhood. Now this is my father okay. and my father's band practiced in the basement from man I think they started in 1990 I graduated uh high school in 2000. So this really is like the core of my upbringing, practicing in the basement, shaking the entire house. okay, And there was just nowhere to go to escape from this sound. Um, we really couldn't watch TV because the TV couldn't compete with the noise of the band or we'd blow the TV speakers. So I was just steeped in this music, but I brought with me, the lyrics to the song because it is metal and that because can be kind of hard. Because without the heart.
1: lyrics you have no idea what these people are saying.
2: They're, I mean, unless you're, you are unless you have an ear that is trained to recognize right. lyrics and metal, <laughs> metal vocals. <laughs> to
1: recognize primal screams.
2: But this is my dad and this is what he writes. The Lord is my light. Whom shall I fear? When evil men advance they cannot come near. Hark, do not fear. I will be confident. One thing I ask the Lord, restoration upon repent. And then the chorus is just to live as Christ to die is gain.
1: Um, well, now I'm going to feel bad if I don't like it. Yeah. Every <laughs> single word and not all
2: of his songs were this way, but this particular song is why I chose this song. Every single word is direct from scripture. Yeah. And I am so glad I had this song growing up and still carry this song in my heart to this day.
1: So listeners, it we're it judging metal. you if you don't like Marin's dad's song. Okay? <laughs> no. Here we go. This song no. is called To Live. <laughs>
2: This is a Jackson The reverse headstock
0: Oh, okay, yeah The reverse
2: shark fin inlay
0: oh, Sure I do know
2: He was all about those EMG pickups They were the medalist.
1: Is this happening in your basement yeah. right now? Okay. Doesn't it
2: even just sound like it's recorded in a basement? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was recorded in a basement?
2: Uh, this version, I can't tell you if this was at some guy's, like a friend of theirs, studio, which undoubtedly would have been in a basement. <laughs> a basement, yeah. So far, so far, it's okay. Here come the vocals. Wait. The Lord is my life. When evil men advance, they cannot come near. Do you see the smile on my face? What's happening to his voice? This is pure childhood, right here. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my dad. Chorus. Well, what? Chorus.
1: I think I'm going to put this on my alarm clock when I wake up every morning. <laughs> this is what I'm going to wake up to. Well,
2: this was the 90s iteration of his band. This was yeah. Fire Escape. Craig Boyer was once a member of this band. Craig Boyer.
0: Was it a trio? At this point, I think it was. Sounds like a trio. Yeah.
1: So is this is this one of those, uh, those songs that as long as you got strong wrists... You can probably do it. It's just like (laughs) a. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All
3: right. Yeah.
0: Did he have a full Marshall stack?
2: Are you kidding? It was Ampeg, but yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Many sins forgiven by the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man that trusts in Him. Rejoice in the Lord above. Crucified with Christ, I live my life through Him. By faith, I live for the Son of God who gave Himself as sin.
1: Wow. Come who on, who gave That's Himself as sin? That's
2: like a hymn, but it's metal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you, how does one get into this? Uh, because the scripture you just read, you're like, oh, that's really nice and pleasant. How does one get into this uh, sound? Like your dad is a talented musician. He's got all kinds of instrumentation in his basement. What What about him and his experience led him to decide, I'm going to play this kind of music? Because I didn't grow up with this in my life. So I'm yeah. wondering, how do you how do you decide this For is the him, style I'm going to play?
2: He is such a guitar riff guy. And, like, that's one of the reasons I chose this song, too. It's just all about the guitar riff. Very riff-driven. Some people start with words. Some people start from a bass. My dad will always start with a riff. Yeah. And so the king of guitar riffs is metal Metal music. It's the best genre. It's not horns. Horns aren't the lead line. It's not bass. I think this would sound pretty good with a couple horns thrown
0: in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: so this anyway, this is the old.
0: There's, was she a Metallica fan, or was he not a Metallica?
2: Um, he would have. I I'm, I'm a Metallica fan because right. when I hear, especially like the the dual harmonizing electric guitar lead like that, just brings me right back to the basement. It just brings me back to my childhood. Right. Um. He was all about Christian metal. Oh,
0: Although, okay. Although,
2: I mean, you couldn't live in that era and not know Metallica Metallica, and particularly like their earliest or earlier, not earliest, earlier stuff, ride the lightning, you know, justice for all, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So when Jed's not home, like that's what I crank up. So you're a fan of
0: do of harmony guitars. Yeah. You know, I almost brought in, do you you know the great originator song of harmony guitars was iron butterflies, butterfly blue.
2: The only song I know by Iron Butterfly (laughs) is in the Garden of
0: Oh
2: no, man! <laughs> yeah, well, I almost brought that in, and that's because of The Simpsons. Wow,
0: oh, I, you know, you know that's that's what the guy played in church. Do you remember that one?
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Iron Butterfly. Iron Butterfly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like rock and, and or or roll. roll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'll, I, maybe sometime I'll bring that. In. Butterfly Blue changed my life. <laughs> Because it was uh, two guys with Les Pauls plugged straight into their Fender amps. And I got to meet one of them one time. That's another story. But, uh, <laughs> they, um, and they did something in, in this one song, and it literally spun my head around. It was before the Allman Brothers did all that stuff and all mm. those things. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like it opened a whole new world to me. That's awesome. And Iron Butterfly was, yeah, in a God of Vita, yeah. <laughs> guys i have not heard of either of those
1: songs so thank you for exposing me that's yeah. great i'm gonna well tim i i ripped the cd onto my computer so now there's two copies in the world me and you okay <laughs> we're in
0: yeah i'm sure that i don't even know that if any of these guys are still alive that's the oh, okay. thing and you know, i was gonna say i'm sure they all have copies of the record yeah. but yeah all right well,
1: next week we are starting our new sermon series, uh, and it's called "You Were Made for More." And we're going to talk uh, about you, dear listener, and those who uh, we call family here at Grace Church. So, I'm really looking forward to what we have ahead in the next three or four, or five, six weeks on the pod. We're bringing in some special guests, and uh, yeah, Tim, are you are you preaching this this series at all? I'm not in this
0: series at all. Okay,
1: so we might it might be a little bit before we see you again, but. October,
0: mid mid October. Okay, I'm back
1: up yeah. right before Mary Poppins. We'll bring you in.
2: Oh my! It'll <laughs> be Do a little here preview. Before we know it.
1: All right, uh, but until then, Marin, will you please send us out?
2: Do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God.
1: And we will see you on the other side of Sunday.